Marketplace is supported by Putnam Investments, recognizing the value of financial advice since 1937. Putnam Investments, a world of investing. Produced in association with the University of Southern California. There comes a point in economics and in politics, I suppose, where the numbers just stop being real. A hundred billion dollars over 10 years, a trillion over 20 years. What does that mean anyway? Accounting for the health care bill today from American Public Media. This is Marketplace. Marketplace is supported by Constant Contact, dedicated to helping small businesses and nonprofits build strong customer relationships with email marketing, online surveys, and event marketing. ConstantContact.com. And by Trusted Choice Independent Insurance Agents, offering a choice of companies and coverage. You can find a local agent at 1 800 WE INSURE. From the Frank Stanton Studios in Los Angeles, I'm Kai Rizdal. It is a Thursday today. This one is the 18th of March, and it is good, as always, to have you here. Other than the actual voting, I think Congress cleared the last big hurdle in the health care debate today. We got the official scorecard on it this morning. It's going to cost the government $940 billion over 10 years. Over 20 years, though, the bill is supposed to shave more than a trillion dollars off the budget deficit. Those are big numbers to wrap your brain around, but really, at this point in a long, long debate, do they even matter? We asked Marketplace's Nancy Marshall Genzer to figure it out. The numbers come from the Congressional Budget Office. It said today the final version of the Democrats' health care overhaul would cut the deficit by $138 billion over 10 years. I don't take the number too seriously. That's Paul Light. He's a professor of public service at New York University. He says the health care overhaul now appears inevitable. Now, it is a done deal, more or less. I don't think anybody's going to be swayed one direction or the other. You know, ultimately, uh, the number is going to fade from memory rather quickly. And ultimately, the deficit reduction number might turn out to be wrong. These predictions are really hard to make. Vivian Ho is a healthcare economist at Rice University. What's important whenever you're doing these predictions is to predict how people will respond in terms of what type of health insurance policy they're going to buy and whether they're even going to buy health insurance or not. The polite term for this uncertainty among economists is elasticities. And, and so sometimes they get the elasticities wrong. Economist Paul Vanderwater did cost estimates for Congress for 18 years at the CBO. He says elastic as the health care numbers are, they could help sway undecided members of Congress. There were some members that wanted to be absolutely sure that the proposal they're going to vote on will be fiscally responsible, that it won't add to the deficit, and now they have confirmation. And if the numbers are wrong, they can blame the CBO. In Washington, I'm Nancy Marshall-Genzer for Marketplace. While health care has been the bell of the ball, climate change legislation has been in the congressional deep freeze for months now. But there does seem to be a bit of a thaw coming. At a meeting on Capitol Hill yesterday, key members of the Senate shared what they've been working on with some business groups. The once and future approach picks up where earlier legislation left off. It is supposed to limit industrial greenhouse gas emissions. And there's a new twist, too, encouraging individuals to limit their pollution as well. Marketplace's Mitchell Hartman reports. This proposal uses a market-based system. The government caps emissions and companies trade pollution permits. But it also peppers in something else. Lou Hayden of the American Petroleum Institute. They're looking at a cap-and-trade approach for stationary sources of greenhouse gases like utilities, 
some kind of linked fee on fuels. It's that linked fee that's the new part, and it would cover gasoline, diesel, airplane fuel. Consumers would pay at the pump or the gate. And it may look something more along the lines of a carbon tax, although they won't use the term tax. Ron Pernick runs consulting firm CleanEdge. He says the goal is to have consumers see the cost directly. We've gotten very used to low-cost energy, and energy is going to cost more. If you can directly attach a price to the use of carbon, people are going to be much less likely to um, use it in excess. Amanda Rosen is a political scientist at Webster University. She says behavior is likely to change in the long run as more fuel-efficient cars hit the market, but... If you, you know, live in the suburbs and you need to commute into the city to work, you can't just buy a new house in the middle of the city, you know, change your children's uh, schools and move on a dime because...